Welcome to Season 2 of the Adult Children Voices Across America Speakers Meeting Podcast. You can attend this meeting live on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Pacific Time using the Zoom ID 848-5208-0640, password 061120. For more information about adult children of alcoholics and dysfunctional families, visit adultchildren.org. The following speaker share from Alicia L. was recorded on July 7th, 2022. My name is Alicia, and I am an adult child. Thank you for being here and holding space for me. Um, about a month ago, I was um, a guest speaker at a meeting based in Russia. And they asked me to talk about uh, the identity papers. So I wrote my talk and I showed up to present it. And then, and then when, I, when I wrote the talk, I neglected to take into account that my words were going to be translated. So I had to short some of the sentences and omit certain sections. And otherwise my talk would have gone on too long. And so um, when I was finished, I thought maybe the message of my talk uh, perhaps got lost in translation. So I offered to give my talk here, and I hope that uh, what I have to say will resonate in some way with you. Before I found um, ACA, I had spent my life trying to prove to myself that I was perfect. And uh, in doing so, show my family, the world, and probably God that I am perfect. Perfection is how I thought my life was supposed to be lived. At least that's what my um, inner critical parent thought. A critical parent born of dysfunction. I have uh, relied on other people's thoughts and actions to learn what perfect means to me. Letting them make my choices for me, or I would make a choice because I thought it was what someone else wanted. Now I am learning what perfect means to me. I'm learning what I want and what I need. And it is important and empowering for me to understand that the work I am doing in ACA uncovers my ability to face my fears and make my own choices. I have a daughter and uh, she began to have trouble with her mental health at a very young age. Um, over the years, she became self-destructive and resentful. She did drugs. She self-harmed. Uh, she swallowed a bottle of pills. And uh, she was in and out of mental health facilities. And uh, one day we were arguing about something. And she said to me, how can you take care of me when you can't even take care of yourself? And I was stunned. I was stunned into silence. I, ha I had no response. I think she was about 12. And she was right. So I found a therapist. And it was my therapist who suggested I try ACA. And I trust my therapist. And I, and I still see her even now. But I didn't believe that being part of a 12-step support group would help bring me out of that, the dark, depressive state I was living in. My self-worth was non-existent. I felt like a failure as a wife, a mother, and a woman. I didn't want to live anymore. 
I didn't want to suffer under the weight of my perceived failures any longer. And there's only so much that my therapist alone could do. And she wanted me to have something I didn't even know I needed. Something she alone could not give me. And that's connection. To feel like I belong somewhere. To know I'm not alone. To connect with others who were also in the dark. To feel my own self-worth and therefore worthy of my life. I have previously shared with uh, fellow travelers the moment I felt I was not worthy of this life. And this happened um, about two or three years before my daughter (laughs) called me out on the fact that I was neglecting myself and before I started seeing my therapist and joined ACA. It was uh, nighttime. And I was sitting in the dark on the edge of my bed. My kids were asleep in their rooms and my husband was downstairs. I could hear hear the TV. And I was just sitting quietly, but the tears were just falling down my face. And I felt, I just had this feeling of utter depletion. I felt like I was staring into an abyss and I began to think about how I could leave this life. Uh, pills, you know, drive my car off a cliff. I, I told myself the kids would be all right, that uh, they'll have their dad and their grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins. And then I asked myself, would the kids really be, really be all right? I can't do that to them. It's not what a perfect person would do. (laughs) So the way I see it, my inner critical parent in a way helped save my life. My daughter's words were the impetus that began my path to recovery. Uh, But my, my my critical parent saw another checklist and something else to be perfect at. And that's recovery. What motivates me and continues to motivate me in the work I do in ACA is the laundry list. The laundry list identified the traits and behaviors that were keeping me stuck in my dark cycle of dysfunction. I was so grateful to have found this program. I was so excited to start my new life. I bought all the books, attended a bunch of meetings. I inundated myself with working on this program, and I started learning the language and methods of recovery. I answered all the questions in the workbooks and started reading the big red book, but it wasn't, it wasn't going fast enough for me. I got, I got really discouraged and frustrated. I mean, I followed the ACA recipe, right? So why isn't it working? So uh, I put, I I put the books down and um, I stopped attending so, so many meetings and just, and just slowed things down. I was going too fast like I had been doing my whole life and um, going too fast. I couldn't see the things that were perpetuating this dark cycle of dysfunction and the things that needed my attention. So I began to slowly surrender uh, to let go of my attempts to control, let go of my ill-conceived beliefs about who I was and who I thought I should be. And similar to the ACA fellowship itself, I started with the foundational aspects of Alicia. 
I looked at the fundamentals and basics of how I related to the ACA problem. And that allowed me to really see and understand the fundamentals and basics of the ACA solution and of myself. Those fundamentals and basics of the ACA problem and solution came from the identity papers. The identity papers are three foundational articles of the ACA fellowship that detail the adult child dilemma of having grown up in an alcoholic or dysfunctional home. Created in the early 1980s by the Identity, Purpose, and Relationship Committee, the identity papers outline a solution for healing in addition to presenting the basic focus and purpose of ACA. Since I'm going to be talking about information gathered directly from the Big Red Books, chapters 6 and chapters 10 specifically, I, I am going to be using inclusive terms like we and us because uh, I feel this information applies to all of us as adult children. The articles um, of the identity papers address foundational language, focus, and method of recovery. The foundational language of ACA is what helps us, me, to clearly communicate with and understand um, our inner children and each other. The words of ACA bring to light those otherwise unnoticed behaviors that developed um, in my childhood in order to survive. Words that uh, I, I, I couldn't find in my cloud of denial, words like isolation, authority figures, approval seekers, abandonment, and reactors. The focus of ACA is accessing uh, the inner child. That means uh, for me, understanding, acknowledging, and accepting um, my behaviors and reactions. Why do I eat so much? Why do I work so much? Why do I drink so much? The method of recovery in ACA uses the same core 12 steps of ACA's parent programs, Alcoholics Anonymous and Al-Anon. However, in ACA, because we are attempting to access the inner child, it's essential that these steps are worked slowly and in a place of truth and honesty, ahead of step completion and stringency, a place free from judgment and criticism, a place of action coming from love. Personally, I prefer to, um, I like the word concepts uh, instead of steps. Uh, to me, the word steps implies that the work needs to be done in a certain order and that I can't take the next step until I finish the one that I'm on. The perfectionist in me, I guess, I don't know. But my reality is that there are some steps or, or concepts that I'm still working on. I, I haven't worked each step to completion. I would scratch the surface of one concept and immerse myself in another. And, and so I continue to work each step in my own time again and again. And as I continue on my journey, my perspective changes. And when it does, I, I, I can work the concepts in that new light. What distinguishes ACA from other 12-step programs is um, our identity as adult children, our purpose which is to heal and recover from the effects of growing up in an alcoholic and or dysfunctional home and our freedom to mold and bend the program according to our own individual needs on each of our own individual journeys. We, 
and I have mistaken beliefs that were formed in childhood that affects every part of my life. Uh, one of those beliefs was that I could change uh, the dysfunction of my family into loving and supportive, you know, ideal families, whatever that means. The truth is no one can stop the traumatic effects of family alcoholism or dysfunction. Shame, guilt, self-blame naturally follow this pervasive sense of failure. Accepting um, my basic powerlessness to change these traumatic effects is the key that unlocks uh, my inner child and lets reparenting begin. The identity papers uh, state two characteristics that define our identity as adult children. This program is for adults raised in alcoholic or otherwise dysfunctional homes, and the focus is on the self, freeing the inner child hidden behind the denial. This work cannot truly begin until we move out of isolation. Isolation is our retreat from the paralyzing pain of indecision that leaves us, me, suspended between need and fear, unable to choose between uh, fight or flight or to choose between explosive bursts of rebellion or silently enduring despair. Isolation creates denial and denial blunts my awareness of the reality of the dysfunction created by, our, by my family. Denial is the first stage of mourning and grief and was necessary to allow me to cope with the loss of security, trust and love and to survive in the face of neglect and abuse. The return of feelings is the second stage of mourning and grief and indicates that healing has begun. Honest and genuine grieving for our childhood ends the morbid fascination with the past and lets us return to the present to live as adults. Many, including myself, believed that um, if we allow ourselves to feel, I really believe this, that if I allowed myself to feel everything, I would never stop crying or I would just completely lose control. And I learned that sharing the burden of grief gives me courage and strength. And um, the pain of that, the mourning and grief will be, will be put back into balance once I learn how to feel and express my feelings. Uh, I need to reparent myself so that I feel safe, a safety that um, was darkened by emotional turmoil of dysfunction um, that left me unable to really feel. And as children, we became help, I became helplessly dependent on, on those that I feared. And that alienated me from my own internal direction. I denied inconsistencies that I was taught to make sense of the confusion and fear I felt. I didn't want to be abandoned. Um, that left me with a choice between uh, painful intimacy and hopeless isolation. Um, it, you know, if I, and then I was forced to live without warmth or love. Uh, I look to the inner child or we look to the inner child because a child knows how to feel. A child does not understand judgment and abandonment the way we adults do. The ability to feel can be found in the spirits of our inner children. Even before we could speak and before we were exposed to the realities of life, Feeling our feelings is something we as humans are all capable of. 
With the child sensitivity, I became aware of the need to trust and love others. I share my feelings of fear and mistrust without judgment or criticism. And it's crucial that the judgment and criticism or attempts to fix others, or fix me, is absent in order to maintain that consistent direction of, of uh, the ACA program. Uh, as a child, I uh, found my identity reflected in the eyes of um, those the people around me. I think that reflection is what um, made made me feel real or relevant, uh, and that there there is no self there is no self without that reflection. And so, uh, in ACA, I stopped believing that I had I had no worth and started seeing. Uh, I, I stopped believing I have no worth and start seeing my true identity. I see my true identity in the eyes of um, other adult children. And I believe we're all strong survivors and valuable people capable of loving and being loved. The identity purpose and relationship committee recognize the paradox of independence that occurs in recovery paradox of independence. Just as we need to separate emotionally from our dysfunctional homes, um, so does the program need to separate from its parent programs. And with that separation comes the freedom to express who we are and to create the warmth and love we so desperately needed as children. Uh, an alcoholic or dysfunctional home exists in a constant state of basic insecurity. <clears throat> and this is where the negative self-image begins. Self-soothing isn't possible. The atmosphere in a dysfunctional home is conditioned by fear and despair, which comes from being helpless in a home that rejects or ignores the cries to be nurtured. Uh, I accepted the rejection and neglect because in, in my childhood home, I, I knew nothing different. Rejection and neglect were a normal part of, of how I felt, uh, identified as not worthy of love. And I survived by denying my underlying feelings of hopeless despair. As a child, um, I, I, I was in a desperate effort to connect and belong. I forced myself to fit the, the distorted images I was seeing in the eyes of my family and, and I became uh, this false self uh, to keep from feeling isolated and alone. I struggled uh, to find the love I needed for myself, love that will provide the chance to um, form my identity based on being valued and accepted. I was in conflict about when to, when to approach and when to avoid the very people who I depended on. Um, that gave me security and comfort and love because these were the same people that um, I didn't know, couldn't get my sense of well-being that I was looking for as a child. And, um, you know, they were doing it without realizing this is all just my own perception of it. And with my inability to, to discriminate between who to approach and who to avoid, I, I just kind of was forced to stay in the middle. And I um, just was frozen in despair. And so uh, 
to survive this confusion, I distanced and dissociated from my feelings of panic and fear. And um, I repressed or projected or rationalized my feelings that were causing that pain. I used um, alcohol or sugar or caffeine um, to uh, alter the feelings I was having. I used negative excitement like um, overindulgent sex or, you know, just risky behavior to keep to keep me unaware of a deeper fear. And uh, by focusing on um, things that I feared and obsessions and dreams and, and compulsively tensing in response to these fears, I, my body uh, built this protective physical armor and, and, and produced this, the adrenaline and endorphins and, and the things in my inner drugstore that um, blocked my perception of pain. In dissociating, I remained imprisoned in a narrow and familiar range of behavior. The paradox of independence is that only in separation do I find courage and strength to live in the world as, as a complete human being. Um, I, inter I internalized the negative and destructive behaviors that I, I was feeling in my family. Most, you know, again, most likely without knowing it. And I, and I carried that projected negativity and uh, remain in the same situation that I experienced uh, as a child, unable to detach from or remain um, with these people that I was perceiving to ca be causing me harm. <sighs> I had an overriding feel of powerlessness for being unable to stop how I was feeling. The 12 steps in the serenity prayer remind me that the strength, uh, um, remind me of the strength that I have and that I can apply it in my life to the things that I am able to change and to let go of this false sense of security um, or insecurity and, and find a true security in myself and in my higher power in God, as I understand. God, who is always accessible and ready to direct my life in a meaningful and loving way. I began to heal the broken pieces of uh, the, my false self and become a whole human being capable of interacting with the world with confidence and trust. I need uh, the security, strength, and positive support I find in these ACA groups to grow and to lead to my independence and to um, reflect back um, to our parent, to the parent programs, what my experience of recovery is. Um, <clears throat> this program um, does not work for me unless I am truly honest with myself. Uh, before my work in ACA, uh, I had been lying to myself and kidding myself my whole life about who I was and what I wanted. And I learned to know the difference between um, my false self voice and the true self voice in my head. Mostly I learned how to physically feel the difference between the actions of my false self versus the actions of my true self. When my, 
when my false belt comes forward, my, my chest tightens and, and my breath gets quicker. And I just feel, you know, my shoulders tense. And, and, and when I can, when I know I'm speaking for my true self, my, my chest is open and my shoulders are relaxed and, and I just feel really spiritually centered. And so I'm learning to discern and listen to, to my body. Uh, the Big Red Book talks about, some um, kind of touches on this in the disease model for the adult child. And, and the disease model is, is a triangle. And it's, um, <clears throat> I like to think of it as like a, a table and it has legs at each apex of the triangle, right? Body, mind, and spirit. And so if I neglect one of those, then it tips. And, you know, each leg needs to be in balance in order for my, my table to hold the things that happen in my life. So I need to make sure that I'm, that I'm listening to my body. And my body is where the neglect and the trauma is stored. You know, my stomach will hurt. I'll get headaches. Muscles get tight. And I'll, you know, reason them away. Oh, I ate too much. I exercised too much. I drank too much or whatever. But why did I eat too much? Why did I exercise so much? Why, you know, why did I drink too much? That's, that's what I'm trying to get at. Uh, the, the mind is another leg. And the mind is where the laundry list traits are kept. And I always learned to serve in all the ways that I learned to survive my childhood, the laundry list reactions and behaviors that I carried into adulthood where I couldn't understand why they weren't working anymore. Well, well I'm not a child anymore. So they don't work. Uh, the spirit is where my inner child was hiding and where I found my connection to God. And it's here um, that, that my recovery began. It's my, my inner child that is eating too much. My inner child is exercising too much. My inner child is that reactive part of me that that gets triggered and um, and uh, triggers my fears of of abandonment. And the spirit is also where my loving parent resides, and she is never far away from my inner child. <clears throat> so, my work in EC is helping me to embrace my inner child, to listen to my inner child, to learn how to be my own loving parent and uh, to discover and welcome my true self and to give Alicia what she needs, connection, to feel like I belong somewhere, to know, to know that I'm not alone, to connect with others who are also in the dark and, and to feel my own self-worth and, uh, and worthy of my life. So that's all I have. Thank you, I pass.